wherever you are around the world, you are listening to the you. Blurt. We acknowledge the First Nations peoples of this land, the traditional custodians, and pay our respects to their elders past, present, and future. We recognise the ongoing impacts of colonisation and the importance of a voice to Parliament to ensure the sovereignty and self-determination of First Nation peoples is respected and upheld. We commit to working together towards a just and equitable future for all Australians. Hi, I'm Keely, and tonight I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country, Kulin Nation of the Wurrung people. Sovereignty was never ceded, always has been and always will be Aboriginal land. And on this wonderful, the 4th of June, 2023, at 11 past 8 p.m. in the evening, I welcome Wensi. Uh, good evening. And yes, you're right. My name is Wensi, and I'm also coming to you from the Wurundjeri uh, lands of the Wurrung peoples. Uh, sovereignty was never ceded. So, yes. It's quite funny when you say that. It's like, uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> that's right. He is too. Totally I totally but tonight was... we're about 10 k's away <laughs> instead yes. of uh, the usual 1200 Not or whatever it is. 900 no. or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 it'd be absolutely. more than that because Sydney's 900. So oh, no, you're 2, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's about no, 2,000 right. k's. It's bloody long way. No, no, you're mm. right. Bloody long. At, at least, um, at least a, um, a season away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although it has been raining there uh, the last few days, I believe. So um, Yes, but I bet you yeah. it hasn't been six degrees. Yes, you're <laughs> absolutely right. <laughs> how, are you, how are you handling that uh, down here at the moment? It is, it is quite cold. There's no doubt about Not it. Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's reminding uh, you every reason why you moved up to Queensland. Yes. Uh, what time's my flight back? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm still know. enjoying the time here, despite my frozen feet. Yes. Well, you've been a busy boy since you've been here. You've been doing lots of stuff. You've been helping your mum out. You you know, you came out with us and had a few beers and we went uh, to the footy and had a great win and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. um, since you've been here, you sort of haven't been stopped. I mean, this must be one of the first time you're sitting down, apart from when you're at work, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Not including work, which... I am always sitting at, and that's probably why I get cold feet. Um, yes, that's true. Yes, but in the evening. Put your nanny so, blanket on. Um, I won't pan down with the camera down here. But... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. Maybe... I know. When, I know when we went to the football, and you were like, you had your little nanny blanket on. I'm like, oh, that's so yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, yes, I did ask for your scarf, your second scarf. <laughs> Which is quite funny because that's your uh, in case we lose scarf. That is correct. That is it is, and I must I must admit there's been no reason to use it at all this year. It's, no, uh, no, it's been pretty it's, rare. Uh, it has been very rare, very rare indeed. But something that isn't rare and it comes around uh, every year, and we should always celebrate it as we have um, tonight, celebrating the NADOC Week. Um, I, I know there's a whole bunch of events on this week. Wednesday is uh-huh. there, have, you, have you got any sort of history or anything behind NADOC? Uh, I've got the theme of the of the week this week, which is... Oh, um, yes, nice. Yes, so their theme is For Your Elders. So basically um, they're looking at the fact that the elders um, play an important role um, in communities and families, uh, especially with First Nations people. Um, they uh, knowledge holders, they nurture, advocate, their teachers, survivors, 
leaders, they hard, work hard for everyone. So, um, yeah, so it's really celebrating them. And, and um, I guess in the year of the referendum, we could look to the elders to to get some inspiration and, and knowledge as to where we should head beyond this year. Um, so the theme there is pretty pretty accurate for what we're going through. Yeah, look, I, I, I couldn't agree uh, more with that. I mean, I changed our um, Twitter handle to vote yes, hashtag vote yes. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, um, you know, for me, it's just such a no-brainer. It's just so so easy. Something that we can actually do is sort of, you know, of the, of the white race, if you like. Um, we're obviously not uh, First Nations. So anyone that's got any sort of Anglo-Saxon history of any kind um, is going to have some sort of um, ancestral uh, sort of string that will tie them back to uh, the um, violent history of this land. Mm. And uh, none of us sort of can get away with it. And, I mean, the very, very least we can do is listen to what they're saying in the Uluru Statement, which is such a, such a beautiful gift. And I gave it to a mate of mine um, this week, actually, mm-hmm. um, because we, we had a conversation about it and he was sort of like, unfortunately, he was one of those sort of guys that was like, well, yeah, 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 but. And then... <laughs> forget- the old but. Ending a sentence with a but. So I, I'm, you know, a but. But the thing is, I'm, I'm trying to come to this. If if it's a cordial conversation, I'm more than happy to have a cordial conversation. Mm. Like if if it's not antagonistic and it's mm. you know it's not ridiculous. Like say, for instance, in the the opposition attorney general, which says if you don't know, vote no. No, if you mm. don't know, get fucking educated. Yeah, yeah. seriously, find it's out just- the information first before you vote no. Exactly right. Exactly right. So I just I, I wish because that's such an easy it's such an easy out. That's and that's and this is interesting actually. I want to bring this up this week because we we did quite a bit on the yes campaign uh, last week in one in a, in a segment indelible Indigenous, which mm. is out now as a, a mini app on the uh, on the Blurt channel. Uh, you can get it uh, I think on Twitter or on Substack, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. I even yeah Apple Music. Well, yeah, anyway, pretty much, uh, that uh, does podcasts. And it, it was all about indelible Indigenous last week. And the thing that I was thinking about is with the with the, the no campaign, as I said, it's just, it's just so easy to say no. It's so ridiculous. But also with the polls that you were talking and discussing mm. about last week, the Guardian Essential poll, as you know, they have an, they have an essential poll. They poll different statistics um i think it's each month or something and they have a podcast on it one of the last ones i listened to they said that they're going to be doing a guardian essential poll on the referendum and the question will be formulated because even they don't believe that the way the questions are being asked in the resolve poll and some of the Mm -hmm. other polls that Mm -hmm. are more more towards the right and moderate to right but definitely not left leaning Mm -hmm. polls to find out exactly sort of what exact question, because, I mean, I'm pretty sure I voted yes for the Republic, but as we've discussed on this show, and and Vicky, a fantastic um, number one viewer and listener, um, has said before, it was it was a mouthful. It was an absolute mm. shit show of a question. Yeah. And, and Howard did that on purpose so that people would vote no. And, yeah, yeah well, well done him because they yeah. did. 
So, which, which is what the uh, coalition, I mean, the um, coalition and, and other parties are, <laughs> uh, are doing these days is just sowing the seed of doubt and 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 fear and unknown to make people go, oh no, we can't vote yes because we don't know what it's about. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I heard Spud the other day banging on about how he um, grew up in a, a poor sort of. Um, house they didn't have a lot of money but his parents worked really hard etc 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 what he forgot to talk about then was the fact that no i'm back on now okay um you would you would have heard that you would yeah he didn't talk about how he had a directorship sort of um passed down to him when he was about 20 something banged on about buying his first house when he was like 20 or something Mm -hmm. now i'm pretty sure he's yours and my age right yes he's around about 50 something so that means 30 years ago, what year was that? 30 years ago, what are we, what are we, 23, uh, mid, 70, mid 90s? Yeah, 93, 93. So I don't know about you, but in 93, $93,000 was a shizen load of cash. Mm-hmm. And easily I, would have bought a house. Oh, easily. Well, well, easily. Especially here I, in Brisbane back in, well, back in the time. Oh, yeah, you probably would have bought a. You probably would have built a town in Brisbane for ninety-three. And the mayor. Um, mm, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but 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 seriously, and even not seriously. But yeah, he apparently owns like twenty-two or twenty-three properties now. So he's trying to, you know, he, he's trying. I mean, there was a time where he had to, he. He had to say, because it was a conflict of interest he had, because he said, oh, I forgot about that million-dollar building I owned. I better declare <laughs> that. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he, he's a man of the people. He's a man mm, of, of the course people. he is. I mean, of course. You know, but but anyway. Yeah. That's, a, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No. Uh, I've got a comment here from Vicky. Your point was spot on last week about which states the Yes campaign should be focusing their efforts on, and that's absolutely right, the states where most likely we're going to get a no vote, which will be Tasmania, Queensland. Queensland, yeah. Yeah, no, Queensland is the big one. If we get Queensland, we'll be right, I reckon. Definitely. I'm not holding my breath on, on, on Queenslanders to get us through this referendum. No, me either. But if we don't get Queensland... We'll probably get. I would have thought we'd get South Australia. I'd be surprised if we didn't. Yeah, it's hard to um, it's hard to say. I think Victoria and New South Wales definitely yes. They'll yeah. Vote yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, Canberra it, will. So that's three. Yeah. That doesn't count, does it? No, Basically, they don't count. count. Poor Territorians. Uh, yeah, Northern Territory they don't count either. West Australia, you think so? Look, I personally think it yeah. will. I think it will get through. I really do. But it's just they just have to go hell for leather and. I apologise. I was meant to be at a Yes 23 campaign this weekend, but I was sick as a dog on Saturday and just got better on Sunday, so I didn't think it was a good idea to pull myself up on my uh, bootstraps and go out there and uh, spread it to everyone else. So um, um, I'm nice and isolated. Mm. But um, Yes, we don't want those lurgies getting around. No, absolutely. Talking about lurgies... Mm. uh, I heard something's going on with our alien friend in uh, Twitter. What's, what's oh, going on? Oh, God. What's, yeah, talk to me. What's going on? What's uh, apologies for any children listening out there, but <laughs> what the fuck is Elon Musk doing to Twitter? <laughs> uh, first, he can't make up his mind about verified accounts. Yes, got to verify. No, we don't. Oh, we'll change the rules for that. Blah, blah, blah. That was last year. 
Then he allows, yeah, pretty much the dickhead. Um, <laughs> then he allows back the 60 plus thousand accounts that have been banned before he took over. Oh, the Nazis, over. yeah. Yeah, Nazis and all the far right, and yeah, good old yeah, yeah. Trump. Yeah. Now yeah. the twit, no pun intended, decided to limit how many tweets you can see in a day. First, he announced, of course, on Twitter, announced that verified accounts, these are the ones that cost $8 a month, will be temporarily limited to uh, reading only 6,000 posts a day. Uh, free accounts, like what we have on the Blurt or my own personal one, 600 posts. A day. And if you're new and unverified, it's only can I, 300. Sorry, hold on. Can you just back, just back the truck up? Can you just back the truck up for two seconds? Yes. Just two seconds. Did yes. you say that people are limited to reading only 6,000 posts yes. a day? Yes. So that's for a verified account. So they're the important people. What the? <laughs> but what else are they doing if they're doing that? I mean, Jesus, 6,000. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't know. Well, don't forget, a lot of these verified ones uh, have probably have bots, or or there are or a lot of those things are automated to send posts. And but this is in the reading. So even when you're scrolling through your your Twitter feed, each one of those posts has been counted. So if you scroll enough, you can easily get to six hundred. Um, and yes, Vicky, to answer your question, are you guys even on Twitter? Yes, we are. And I've got it in the uh, on the Ticker tape just below. Uh, just, it's just a question. Just new. a question to yes. Vicky. Yeah, just a question, Vicky. How long has Vicky been following us? <laughs> <laughs> and how many times have you given out the Twitter handle on this freaking show? Seriously. I reckon oh she's just helping us out just to get the our our, our brand out. Bloat new, bloat new, bloat new at Twitter. <laughs> so yes. hours yeah. after nice. Twitface nice. decided to post that. He changed his mind and and increased the numbers. So eight thousand for ver verified accounts, eight hundred for unverified accounts, and four hundred for new unverified. And then hours later, again on the same day, he increased it to ten thousand posts for verified, a thousand for unverified, and five hundred for new and unverified. Man, I swear this guy is totally unhinged. I, I reckon you can basically, on each one of those occasions, you can just mm. sort of time when he's taking his Prozac. That, that's yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. It's so just... just the fact of limiting all of that has got to be bad news, uh, sends a bad message to advertisers because you want eyeballs on yeah. your Twitter feed. So yeah. because the problem is once you reach that limit, you see nothing on Twitter. It's just a blank page. You can't even see your own posts that you've, you've tweeted. So, Well, we're very lucky. We're never going to have that issue. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, misunderstood. Vicky uh, meant us personally. No. So, yes, I do have yes, a personal one. But hardly, from... yeah, I don't use it very often. I, I do. I, I use it for um, following organizations or things that I've, am interested in yeah. but i rarely ever read uh comments because after the first one or two sometimes they get quite nasty so i just haven't bothered so it's usually because i'm following an interest 
Yeah, I know. That's the problem, eh? You just get sucked in far too easily. And and I found mm. myself um, it, with our Blurt uh, channel, I'll be going through something, mm. someone will I'll go, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. You go, oh, Jesus, mm. that guy's unhinged. And then yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at um, – I'll go back to the dude and then I'll usually he's a dude and then I'll mm. go back and I'll go back through the Twitter and then I'll actually have a look what he stands for, what his posts mm. are and go, Oh God, not another one of them. Mm. And um, it's, I mean, I'm happy with a discussion. It's as I say, that it can even be robust. It doesn't necessarily mm. have to be cordial, but yeah. Um, when you start sort of just um, uh, basically uh, sort of, besmirching completely someone's idea um, just because it's completely different to yours without even mm. really contemplating for two seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know in the past I can absolutely hold my hand up and say I've done that. Um, and I am definitely not, not, not doing it now, but I am striving to be better Mm. And having those conversations because that's that's the only way we can do it. We we got yeah, to talk yeah, exactly. There, there is some good news um, as an alternative platform. Instagram, What's that one called? So our, our good old friend, the other nutbag Zuckerberg. Um, oh yes, yes. He through Instagram is about to launch Threads, which is their new social media platform. Won't be on um, that. I have signed up for it. I am curious to know what it's going to be all about and see if it's any better to Twitter. So that is coming out on the 6th of July. So only two or three days away for us here in Australia. And Very the true. other alternative, uh, which is an invite only, so you've got to join the wait list, is Blue Sky Social. Yeah, so I saw that. that. I saw yeah, that. So but what hasn't been mentioned is Spaddle. Mm, it's been up for quite a while now. Exactly. So... Uh, you've got the app on Android. It will be I coming did. to the iOS pretty soon. And that's the only reason why I haven't yeah. used it is because yeah. there is no app for it for me. No, look, that's fair enough too. I don't blame you. When you're mm. using that sort of stuff on your phone and, and yeah. you're sort of using like a desktop version, it's a little bit crap. Mm. Yeah. But um, talking about something else that's a little bit crap, um, <clears throat> there's a dude that took 67 tablets a day in his quest to live forever. So William Tam takes 67 tablets to manage his diabetes and others normally prescribed for organ transplant recipients. At one stage, 36-year-old father was popping 67 pills a day. But he's neither a diabetic or an organ recipient. I just want to keep living forever, William told Insight. <laughs> and then on and then on on June the 32nd, he got run over by but no, he didn't. One of the drugs, <laughs> William. That would have been ironic. Yeah, would have been pretty. But one of the, one of the drugs that William has taken in his pursuit of longevity is rampantin, an immunosuppressant that is more commonly used to help stop the body from rejecting a donated organ. So yeah, he's right. obviously not scared about putting anything into his body. I wonder mm. if he was anti-vaccine. That'd be interesting. What yeah. I thought I might do. It's just just a tiny bit of show and tell here, because um, you might just go, "What the actual?" So I'm just going to show you this. I'll just have a have a wee wee look at this. You'll enjoy this. Anyone watching? This is pretty good. Bloody hell! That's the uh, concoction ridiculous. that he drinks or swallows is. every day. That uh, is ridiculous. Absolutely. William is following a diet, exercise, and supplement plan developed by 
Uh, Silicon Valley tech mogul Brian Johnson aims to slow the aging process. And I think that's all. And we really I know, need to know. We, we can trust those tech moguls, can't we? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. As far as you can program them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yes, yes. Well, we'll be, we will be back in a moment with a bit of science. But now, tiny bit of this. When you give blood, you're more than just a blood donor. You're the lifeblood of Australia. Search Give Blood and book your donation with Australian Red Cross Lifeblood today. Give life. Give blood. The Australia Institute produces high-quality research that has real-world impact, whether it's revealing the $10.3 billion in fossil fuel subsidies provided by federal and state governments last year, or our long-standing research advocating for a federal anti-corruption commission with real teeth, we change minds. To donate, head on over to australiainstitute.org.au. Yes, uh, absolutely uh, do uh, do that. And um, we will be with science in two seconds, just before we go into that. I remiss of me to say, as I spoke to you about earlier, Wednesday, we uh -huh. have a guest on the 18th of July from Lifeblood. Yep. They're going to be live, live, live with us on the show. Nice. And, um, yeah, so not, you know, not invasive sort of medical questions, but just sort of high level what's happening. How mm. do you, you know, how's the plasma work? What's the difference between giving blood with plasma, blah, blah, which, what, which is more painful? How do you set up? How long you've been mm. in it? Blah, blah, blah. So just uh, all those. I hope, can, can we get a live demo of them um, getting someone's blood out? I'm thinking that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just... uh, oh, well. <laughs> It would be good. It would be good. But like, be. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't see it happening. But it would be good. So, anyway, yeah, it will, it will be. Well, <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> um, 18th of uh, July, that is happening around about awesome. um, 15 ish. So put that Looking in your diary. Yeah, no, that should be good. It should be very good. So, and one, one and, other yes, thing before we continue yeah. and start yes. off with science, I forgot to yes, mention yes. that our background is courtesy oh. of NADOC uh, Week website. Um, so I did want to acknowledge that that's where we grabbed that from um, in case it wasn't obvious. So yes, so I just want to acknowledge that. There we go. Science. Can we make electricity out of thin air? That is the question. Uh, no, we can't. Move on. Uh, yet, okay. Science... All right. No, sorry. Off to good news. Good news segment now. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, good old Nikola Tesla. Um, it wasn't coincidental. Oh, it was coincidental, actually. Twitter, Tesla, yes. Elon Musk. Uh, yes, but anyway, yes. Nikola Tesla back in the early 20th century spoke about and dreamt about making um, or harnessing electricity from the air that surrounds us um, through a concept that he called wireless power transmission. Um, still haven't achieved it yet, but um, it is still um, in the research phase. Uh, but Tesla at the time believed that the earth could be turned into a huge conductor and the atmosphere was um, could be used as a um, big electrical reservoir. Um, he did uh, make some experiments which never uh, 
eventuated because of funding. Um, so Nikola Tesla was Serbian, I think, but it looks like he was based in America because a lot of his experiments were in America. Um, and yeah, so he never got to test it or, or get any further with wireless power transmission. Um, so it's been researched over the last few decades, but in May of this year, a team of scientists from the University of Massachusetts accidentally stumbled upon a method to convert humid air into renewable power. Um, they were conducting uh, an unrelated experiment using thin film made out of protein, um, but they observed that that um, little film, it was only about four centimetres and very, really, really thin, um, actually absorbed moisture from the air and it caused it to expand and contract. So it was just going up and down. So this is at micro level. That expansion and contraction, um, they witnessed um, started generating electricity. Um, so basically nano wires and nano tubes, uh, the, the water molecules would go into the little tube, so they're barely big enough for water molecule to go in, but they were small enough, but it was big enough for the water molecules to start bouncing around in those nanotubes. And in doing so, every time you hit the walls of those tubes, it generated electricity. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so they've accidentally come across that. Um, yeah, so these nanowires are less than a thousandth the diameter of a human hair. Um, so that's how tiny they are. Um, yeah, so they're going to continue doing that research and they're hoping in the next few years they'll be able to experiment with bigger um, film or that little protein thing and make them bigger um, where they estimate if they can get something to the size uh, of like a washing machine, it could be big enough to power um, a regular household electricity for, um, for a day or two. Um, wow. That's, yeah. Geez, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, how, I mean, how far away is this sort of, um, this work for to be, you know, anywhere near? Hasn't the said, I couldn't find that, but it's yeah. obviously it's still in its, um, infancy. Uh, infancy and, um, yeah, the fact that it's only producing milli, milliwatts of electricity, wow. which obviously is nowhere near, no. um, powering a house where you need kilowatts and kilowatts worth. Yeah. Um, there's also another research team in, based in Lisbon in Portugal who are also experimenting with nanotechnology and they started around the same time back in 2015 or thereabouts, both of these different teams um, and they're doing something similar and they've got a, um, a European consortium of companies and research companies where they're investing lots of money. So hopefully within the next five or ten years they will also have something um, that can produce electricity at a cheap rate as well as environmentally environmentally friendly because you don't have to dig up uh, the ground to produce this energy um, yeah. and things like that. So, yeah, it'll be quite interesting to see where this takes off. So, okay, so if you're going to, um, if you're going to investigate this and... Uh, create a, a sort of a bigger lab environment um, so that obviously you can um, test this in a, in a much bigger sort of um, uh, situation than, mm. you know, milliwatts. 
what's what's the, what's what's the next move? Do they? I don't know. Do they? Do they need to just grab a lot more sort of bigger test tubes? I don't know. How yeah, do you... I, I guess it's a bit like um, how they make chips in computers. They everything was obviously big in the, in in that respect of making a chip that was big, and then they got smaller. Yeah, this has already started small, and I think it, it's more about the efficiency and how do you stack all those nanotubes to something bigger to be able to capture more of that water molecule from the atmosphere and which then stimulates whatever um produces the electricity to then capture it yeah so what's what's actually in the nanotube I'm not too sure. That's something I couldn't work out. Uh, but the nanomaterials, who knows? They, they, it, right. it could be um, uh, one of them was protein based. Doesn't mention what that is. Could be chicken. <laughs> I don't know. Is that what they mean by protein? <laughs> a good question. I don't know. I don't um, know. Or it could be. Mater- he, he's obviously watching too many of those KFC commercials. Yeah, it must be. Um, Shut up and take my money. Stick it in a nanotube. Yeah. Um. Exactly. But, um, yeah, or it could be also, um, hopefully not, but um, uh, minerals dug out of the ground. Could be. Yeah, see, this is why so, I started um, asking this Yeah, like, yeah. But one of them great. is definitely protein-based, and the other one I couldn't work out exactly what where it's coming from. But um, if it is minerals, but if it's highly efficient, does that mean that even if you dug a small amount, it may be quite it produces quite a lot of electricity don't know well as you would uh say to me on certain segments um that sounds very much like work that you may need to do from home yeah. <laughs> uh your you mean homework yes very much <laughs> oh, those dread, that dreaded word homework <laughs> uh bringing back my high school years <laughs> back thanks <laughs> Anytime, anytime, anytime. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so, yes. So that's that's my science bit for this week. I thought that was quite interesting, and um, yeah, no, we'll see where it goes. no, I yeah. no, definitely like to follow up on that. Just, I, I'm really interested what's in that tube because, yeah, as we know, when you're you know getting a good on one side, we're just fucking up something else. Mm. Um, classic yeah. example, as you've talked about multiple times, is solar cells on roofs. Mm. Um, we know that's a really good thing for renewable electricity. We know it's really good to use the sun, et cetera, et cetera. We also know that the materials that build these solar cells are not recyclable. Apparently. Correct. Or compostable. No, um, oh, yeah. Well, not all of it is recyclable. Parts of it are, but not everything is. And, no. And then they have a shelf life of 10 or so years. Yeah. And some of it's even toxic, I think. So, yes. um, yeah. yeah. So... So this is what I mean. But mm. uh, we will come back with a bit more science. But before we do, we might have a little bit from Alan Jones on the Cash App, I think. Nothing hurts my soul more than getting a bunch of money from paid sponsorship. Cash for comment. I love it. <laughs> Speaking of cash, have you tried the new Cash App? <laughs> Send and receive money from anyone instantly with the Cash App. Oh, God. Say you want to get $10,000 from Valvoline just for mentioning the word Valvoline. Just give them your Cash App username and they can send it to you immediately. No questions asked. Download the Cash App today. Valvoline. Yes. Uh, right. Wonderful uh, friend of the show, Dan Ellis there. Um, 
Uh, yeah, actually, talking about Dan, he's done a fantastic little. Uh, it only goes for a couple of minutes with Mark Humphreys on. Mm-hmm. Well, I've, I saw it on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, if okay. you get a chance, have a look at it. It's very good. If I can find the link, I'll send it to you. Um, I think I posted it on Twitter somewhere. It's very good, very funny. Um, seriously, those guys should be making a series. I really hope they are because, um, yeah, I'd definitely watch it. It, it, it was mm. fun. It was good. Two funny Even guys, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt about it at all. Um, I was going to say something else too um, because I meant to say it before, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Was. Foggy brain. So, I don't oh, blame you. You're still recovering from your cold or flu. Whatever yeah, but you're experiencing. I think, uh, look, true, all of that. But I, I just put it down to age. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame my ailment for that. I just. I don't know. It was there, and then it just left, and it just. Said and it goodbye. might come never back. back. No, it might, but it may not. So good chance. Or it might come um, back next week. It may, it may indeed. It is very, yeah. Well, that's true. When I'm going up the stairs to bed. Oh, that's right. That's what I was going to do. On, uh, With the Zimmer frame the as you're walking down the hall. Yes. Exactly right. Exactly right. 100% correct. 100% correct. Okay. So I want to talk about earthquakes in Melbourne in particular. Sure. What? We've had more? Yes, we did. We did indeed. And in case you didn't know, because I think this is quite funny. This is a lady that can't get enough of saying earthquake. Just have a listen to this. Was the quake felt? Morning, Steph. Well, it feels like just yesterday I was reporting on the fact that there was an earthquake in Melbourne. And indeed I was. That was late last month. Now, there has been another earthquake in Melbourne overnight. This time, a 4.6 magnitude earthquake felt 135 kilometres northeast of Melbourne near Rawson. Now, that one was felt at a depth of around three kilometres at around 1.30am this morning. Now, thousands got that rude awakening this morning, shaking up out of their beds to an earthquake overnight. Now, Geoscience Australia says around 6,700 people have reported feeling this earthquake overnight. Now, it was mainly Melbourne's eastern suburbs and southeastern suburbs that felt this earthquake overnight. But of course, people in Melbourne CBD did also feel the earthquake and in South Bank, where I'm standing right here this morning. Of course, earthquake Twitter exploded once again. People blocked on social media asking people, did you feel what I just felt? And indeed, the they did. There was an earthquake overnight. Oh, there we go. Of course, this Number eight. similar <laughs> That was in Sunbury last month in May. Now, that one was a 3.8 magnitude earthquake felt at around three kilometres underground. And that one was described as the biggest earthquake Melbourne has seen in 100 years. That one was 40 kilometres northwest of Melbourne CBD. But it was described as the biggest one and it was felt as far as Bendigo and Hobart. But we are still waiting this morning to say it. SES about how far and wide this earthquake oh, in Rawson was felt. But, Steph, I'm hoping this is the only earthquake oh, for this morning. <laughs> now, I did sleep through that one. I did not feel that, that earthquake at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> I thought that was absolutely hilarious yeah. when I listened to that. I was killing myself. Now, the interesting thing about this earthquake is it wasn't an earthquake. Oh, wasn't it? That's what's interesting but she, about she it. She just told us 10 times or more that it was an earthquake. And that's because she's got no idea what she's talking about. But anyway, it was a 4.6 earthquake, if you like. But it actually, what it was, was a tremor. 
and they've done some um, investigation on uh, seismic graphs, etc. And Stephen Carey, a geologist at Federation University in Victoria, from this seismology research centre, what they said is, it is the, a tremor that was actually an aftershock of the magnitude 5.9 quake that took down one building in Paran in 2021. How can it be aftershocks two years later? Yes, yes, absolutely. Because uh, if you think about it, right, um, uh, Christchurch had their massive earthquake, which was, I think, seven or eight or something. That's why it was so mm. devastating and it was so close. Um, they had that in 2010. Mm. Now, they had something like, uh, and I'm not kidding, it was something ridiculous in the thousands of earth mm. tremors. So yeah. it was like two or three years after they were still getting tremors. Right. And they were still around the four. They've only just stopped getting them probably, and they're probably still getting them because it's hard with Christchurches. They get them all the time, but they yeah. definitely get more now because of that one. But I wanted to oh, they are just... On the, uh, on the fault line, aren't they? aren't they? Or are they very close to a fault line? Can, can well, that was the, well, the whole thing about the Christchurch one, one was they weren't, they, they, they were not aware of this particular fault. It was news to, mm. news to them. Right. Um, they weren't they weren't following this. I mean, a lot of the seismic activity all sort of happens down the the Wellington sort of uh, side, and it sort of goes down the west sort of of New Zealand. And it, mm-hmm. it, they get a lot of I think they get quite a lot of activity in Auckland as well. As you can imagine, they probably get a bit around Rotorua and things like that, mm-hmm. where there's a lot of um, uh, sort of seismic activity um, happening, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but Christchurch, as a rule, hadn't really ever had one that big. I think, I think they did say that um, in a way they were waiting for it because they, I think they sort of said it, it could happen at some stage. Mm. But anyway, um, so I did a little bit more uh, research and reading, and it says usually aftershocks takes place in days, weeks, and months after a main quake, but it's not mm. uncommon that there's uh, occur several years after the plane or zone of the fracture adjusts to the main shock. So if you mm. think of a plane as a broken surface and you've had a movement along that surface, but it locks up and it puts additional stress on the areas nearby. Mm. And it's a continued process of adjustment as these regions along the fault adjust to shift in the position of the stresses. And that's why you get these tremors. Um, now, a lot of people have also been asking, are we getting more? And, you know, people have been getting a bit, you know, sort of freaked out, especially after the pandemic and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, you know, pan- uh, was it plagues and earthquakes and that sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff? <clears throat> Na- Nazis. Um, it, was, it was only in May that Magnitude 4 quake in Melbourne prompted more 26,000 reports from across Victoria and Tasmania. Mm. But... The frequency of earthquakes, is it actually increasing? Well, actually, no, it's not. Seismology network is better now than it used to be, so they're picking up even more um, activity than they used to. Oh. Uh, they're slightly bit more frequent at the moment, but um, we don't have many. So this yeah. is what you could say a statistical clumping, as it were. Oh. Okay. Um, so they're saying that, the Quakes Epicenter sits within a belt of some of the oldest rocks in Victoria, which is pretty interesting, actually. They said the, oh, 
I could show you a picture in a minute. Um, actually, all right, I'll just pop that up for a second. Uh, <laughs> that one. So that's where the earthquake epicenter was. Mm -hmm. Just west, uh, east of here. Yep. Yeah, just east of here. So um, here being Melbourne, um, for anyone listening or watching. Um, they're Paleozoic rocks between 250 million and 500 million years old. Um, so just a tad older than Howard. They form the backbone <laughs> of Victoria right across the high country. <laughs> To the Grampians and west of the Grampians. And the basins to the north and south. And Murray Gippsland Basin's ancient faults running north, south, northwest, southeast, but their modern stresses on an ancient fault. Um, as we always say, we'll have the sh uh, links in the show notes. There's a little bit more on that. But I just thought that was, um, yeah, pretty interesting and, yeah, and, and local fascinating. as well. Mm. Yeah, I've always found it funny how um, we call the tremors here earthquakes when I know in Chile. A tremor is really five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And an earthquake yeah, is yeah anything bigger than that. When yeah, <laughs> I've only experienced. If you one don't have half actually. a town collapse, that's not an earthquake. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do remember one time, just laying in bed, um, chatting with my cousin, um, uh, in their house, to, and... uh, to uh, talk about this on the show. Is that is that okay? It's all in the set. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, we're just chatting, and um, yeah, and um, I remember hearing a rumble, and I actually and you reckon it's innocent? Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't me farting or him farting. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, but I thought it was actually a bus that had gone because um, uh, we were close to a road, busy road behind us. Yeah. And I said, oh, geez, that bus was a bit close or rumbled. And my cousin said, no, that was an earth tremor. And then we found out it was about 4.6 or 5 um, on the Richter scale. And I went, holy crap. Because it did last for about 15 or 20 seconds. Yeah. It's it's weird when you're in them. I mean, if you actually, mm. yeah, they do. Very true. Very true. Um, what's that for, Luke? Uh, Keely? Yeah, Vicky has uh, said that Chileans laugh at our earthquakes. Mm, in inverted colours, uh, that's right. <laughs> yes, yes, they do indeed. That's very, very true. Um, look, I had another a quick sciencey one. Um, I'm going to just I'm going to bang science. through this one, but yeah, because I know how much you love. But I'm just going to bang through this. Um, there were three student pharmacists from University of Hawaii. Um, and they were studying and addressing the global public health threat of antimicrobial resistance, which, you know, was always and still is a problem with vaccines. Mm. So the students, namely Alyssa uh, Yang and Chai, are working under the supervision of Professors Ling Chin and Superkit. Now, I am not even going to try to pronounce that surname. Actually, no, well, give it a go. Try it. It's Come on. Wongwe Watthan Nukatit. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> and can I'm we have gonna... that again, please, sir? Yes, we can. Wongwe Watthan Nukatit. Something really terribly. I'm very sorry if you're listening to this show, Superkit, um, and I've pronounced your uh, name very badly. I'm sorry. Sue me. The focus of their research lies in synth. Oh, I love this word. Synthesizing. Yes, for the Kickstarter. <laughs> Silver. Nanica, nanoparticles using extract derived from um, uh, Silas 
Peruviana, which is locally known as the poha berry. And I'll show you what a poha berry looks like. Ooh, okay. This is a poha berry coming at you. Is that grab you? Okay. It's like a little tomato with ribs on it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Unripe tomato. Or even like a... Um, even like a... Um, uh, a lantern. Yes. Yes, like the Chinese lanterns you hang. Yeah. 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 That's sort of more That's what I was description. A Chinese lantern. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if they called them that or something. Hmm. But, um, oh, and I've actually got a picture of the three uh, uh, scientists there too. Mm-hmm. You can see them. They're the three girls, Yang and the professor and um, Alyssa Cam. So it's good. It's nice that it's all... Uh, women doing all of this um, research. Mm, absolutely. Um, because there should be more of it. Um, the team's objective is to explore the potential of the natural products in developing their new therapeutic agents while ensuring safety, efficiency, economic viability. Um, the students presented their research to the Byrne School of Medicine uh, Biomedical Scientists, and their work has also been accepted for a poster presentation at an annual research symposium. Um, This is the important part. Antimicrobial resistance has become a significant concern due to misuse and over-prescription of antibiotics. Um, As you know, so many people take antibiotics when they don't need them, that Mm. when they actually will need them, their body will probably already reject it. And I go, well, that's not doing anything. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So this stuff's, you know, really important. Um, and the other thing is we've got to stop taking antibiotics if we really mm. don't need them. Yeah. Um, th- <clears throat> therefore, identifying alternative compounds with antimicrobial activity, especially plant-based compounds, is crucial. Um, and it goes on, talks about nanoparticles, which are particles with diameters between 1 and 100 nanometers, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll put the, um, the link in the show notes. But I just thought it was interesting that these three students um uh doctors uh sorry excuse me scientists are doing uh, this sort of study um because i mean we've got other scientists out there that are studying you know the capacity of farts and whatever and you're like it's good to see that (laughs) women are doing the hard yards again yeah so you know um good on you well done and we'll have that uh link in the show notes awesome so, so where are we now in the um, show, Wenching? Give me a little we bit of an are, update. We are now about to go to some good news. Ah, good news, you say? Yes. Because we need some, especially yeah, after the um, RBA. Oh, yes. The rates today, which is absolutely great news. That is true. We do just want the good news because there's so much shite news as well. So, but um, yeah, look, you can go first with the good news, but Mm -hmm. uh, we probably should just stick on the RBA for a second. Mm -hmm. uh, Seeing as it is the title of our show tonight. Well, true. It makes sense to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, if you want to explain that, also, I had my title up somewhere. Where's my title? Trying to see where my title is. Um, 
You can't see my title there. Can you see my title? No, you can't. Oh, oh, okay. no, no. There's only one way to do it. Titles? Oh, oh, ah, you dropped titles. Nice work. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, see, that's why you're CTO. Because um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, yes, yeah, so as you can see, Governor Neverlow. Did you like that? Did you like that? Yes, I do like that. Right, right, I do right, like there that. Go. There you go. Governor so. Neverlow. Neverlow. You never, never know if you never go low. Oh, he always goes high. So. <laughs> yeah, there you that's go. right. Absolutely. So anyway, you had a little bit to say, and then you can crack yes. on with your good news. Um, how many have we had now? 12 interest rate rises. We've now... I, God knows I have no idea. I've lost count. Our, our mortgage is now $1,000 more per month than it was a year ago. So I'm glad he's paused it for a month. Um, Jesus I, Christ, that's a lot of money. Yes, it is. And I and I say he because I know there's a board, but it, from what I've read and what we've heard, he seems to be running the show. He does, um, and he gets paid a million bucks a year. So, yeah. you know, when he starts saying to everyone else, yeah, look, you just, just hang on there and not just keep yeah. putting your mortgage up. I'll take yeah. a meal. Why don't you just go move in with um, other family members so it's cheaper? Is is that what he said? Did he actually uh, say he that? Did, he said something to that effect recently. Was it last month or the month before? Yeah, yeah. if you can't afford um, a house or rent, start sharing amongst family. How old is this? How old is this cat? His privileged white male. I don't know, 50, no, 60. Privileged white male, free university, super cheap house whenever he wanted one. But anyway, we're here for good news, not bad news, that part of it. Uh, We are. Yes, RBA was uh, interest rate not going up is definitely good news. Yes, it absolutely is. But you had even better news than that tonight. I have even better news. Um, Brilliant. So I like to hear. Yes. Research chimpanzee called Vanilla, who is a 29-year-old chimp, was has been in captivity in in research labs throughout her life, which is pretty sad. She survived the uh, the New York's uh, laboratory for experimental medicine and surgery in primates until she was about age of two, and it closed down in New York after um, new rules were implemented in the late nineties about how to to how to humanely keep animals in captivity for research and things like that but unfortunately for vanilla and i'm sure this is a story for many other uh, primates always lived in in cages or in enclosures that rarely ever saw the day of light and uh, doing whatever experiments researchers do yeah so she was she only ever lived in five foot square cages or sometimes in garage sized enclosures recently she was transferred to california where that facility ran out of money, went out of business in 2019, and um, was also threatened by wildfires um, in that location in California. But this week, in the last week, the Save the Chimps organization, which is um, a very large privately funded chimpanzee sanctuary, um, organized for, for Vanilla to be transferred to a three-acre property in sunny Florida. Now, the best part of all of this is um, her expression when she comes out of the uh, lab or the or the enclosed space, she sees the outside world for the first time, and you look at her expression, oh, wow. looking at the sky, and she was coaxed by the dominant uh, male uh, Dwight, I think his name was. He coaxed her out. It took her a while to to get out, jump out of the window, 
that yeah. door and then come out. So let me just play you this. Um, yeah, if you've got some tissues, yeah, just grab, grab them there. Yeah, I think I'm going to need some, it sounds like. It. Yeah. All right. So I've just paused it there. You can see Vanilla just standing in the um, in the opening there. But So um, Vanilla's been in that cage for how long? In that cage for a few months, but all of her 29 years she's been oh. enclosed. So doing whatever experiments they've done on her. So, all right, let's roll the tape. So that's Dwight there. So she's looking at the sky there just in amazement. I can't believe what sort of neck she's in. Yeah. She's had to put up with. Yeah, exactly. And for those who don't know, the song that's playing in the background is Ella Fitzgerald called Blue Skies. Yeah, I love Ella. Yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, so Little Vanilla is now free to roam this three-acre property with many other primates uh, who also were in captivity or in research labs. Um, and she'll live there for the rest of her life. Um, I don't think she could ever go, or any of these chips could ever go to um, back to the wild. Um, they're so domesticated, I guess, uh, wouldn't survive in the in the wild. But yeah, so she's got her freedom in in a sense. Um, no more research being done on her. And yeah, I thought that was quite cute and heartbreaking to see her so happy. Um, yeah, seeing the big old. Blue sky. Yeah, no, that's absolutely wonderful. That is fantastic. And I think yeah. th that needs a bit of. Oh, hang on. I've got to get you back. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. always forget that. Yes, that's cool. Uh, tell me when you're ready. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, merit some, uh, some applause there. And Vicky says, oh, that is so very beautiful and sad, my heart. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. just horrible that they have to put up with that shit from mm, humans. Yes, it's, it's still terrible. happening to this day. It's crazy. Yeah. But in, in this case, it's very good news. She's now free, which is great. Yeah. No, it is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got heaps of things that I can actually talk to about what we just sort of witnessed because the book I'm reading at the moment um, last night, it referenced quite a lot of um, uh, bonobo behavior which is another member of the a monkey family mm -hmm. and it was very it, it was talking all about the sort of the social ex, not experimentation but the how the social cues and different things happen in the uh, hierarchy of the the tribes and mm. and living where they live and not living where they live so i would have yeah. imagined especially from what i read last night that that monkey would have been so deeply deeply dis depressed mm. um in their environment and that's oh, why sure. I, I i found it amazing to see what sort of condition it she looked mm. like she was in pretty good condition to yeah me. yeah yeah she um, must have been well looked after but yeah even 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 so when you're enclosed and you only see metallic um bars or or, or wire whatever it is it must like you said get you down depressed and as we know, primates are very similar to the way we operate and, and behave. So, yeah. I mean, they've done enough study on it now and, and they've sort of proved that, you know, uh, depression, anxiety, all those sort of things is far, far, far more 
in the cities um, mm. than there are in country areas. Um, yeah. Just because it's so much better to be out in nature, and especially mm. when it when it comes to animals where they mm. should be yeah. in nature. In nature. So um, so yeah, that's just for me. It's even like triply good that she's back because mm. her mental. I know her mental health would have been affected so badly yeah. as well so anyway I, I noticed that it said i think it was save the chimps.org if people want yes, to donate right. to that so yeah, we'll, yeah we'll apparently they're doing a drive and if you donate now they're going to double it so yeah oh yeah well, there's a lot of that going on at the moment yeah i mean is, uh, yeah. i've heard that so many times but look that was absolutely magnificent and it was all about what good news is about now yeah. mine isn't quite as heartwarming but it's still good it's still good and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna play something, and um, I'll uh, I'll see if you maybe have an idea of where I'm going with this good news that doesn't go okay. for me. Okay, but right. um, here, we, here we go. Here we go. I am. Don't worry, I haven't showed you. The I'll show you. Soon. Meet George Jensen. I know. Here we go. I suppose you have a dapper do. It'll come up. Yeah, no, no, no. There we go. Oh, it hasn't uh, changed. That's a bit annoying. Oh, there we go. There we go. Now, why am I playing this? Why? What? I thought the good news. We were supposed to be living like this. Living like this in what was that? What would you call that? A I flying car. That's flying car, right? That right. Yes. yes, true. A flying car. He says and nods. Um. Okay. So there's that flying car. Oh, nice. All right. Seeing as we didn't get the um, hoverboard, uh, the yeah, the hoverboards no. that was promised. No. We, we get flying cars. Even better. We did. That is our flying car. But there are, as you can imagine, there's a few stipulations with this uh, flying car. Although, here's good news. You can't because fly I it. always did think, well, no, not necessarily, but <laughs> we probably can't. Um <laughs> as I can you could probably work out why. But um, you know, 2023, I always thought we would be in a flying car. So it's good news to know that they've actually got one that apparently does fly. So yeah. the company, Aleph Aeronautics, announced it's received a special certificate from the FAA to allow its flying car. The FAA is like the Federation of, I think, Automobiles in, in America, I think. Uh, Aviation um, Authority? Yeah, 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 that. Um, yeah. The Model A to fly for research and development purposes. Hang on a sec. So, Can you go back a sec? Model yeah. A. Yeah. Wasn't that a Ford yeah, a. car when they were introduced? Uh, Model A? No. I don't know. Wasn't that a T model Ford? Uh, maybe it was a T model. I thought it was Model A. Okay. All right. I'll take that back. Yeah. Carry on. Um, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a car aficionado. I'm just talking about the flying car. Um, <laughs> the Aleph Aeronautics said its Model A is the first flying vehicle that can drive on public roads and park like an average car to receive clearance for flight by the Federal Aviation Authority, as you quite rightly said. 
It mm. was given special airworthiness certificate for purposes including research, development, development, and um, exhibition. But he said that the vehicle is not the first of its kind to be issued with such a certificate. Um, the vehicle takeoff and landing aircraft to be able to drive and park like a normal car. So it says, we're excited to receive this certificate, blah, 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 blah. This is one small step for planes and one giant step for cars. What's this dude said it? This is one small step for planes and one giant step for cars. Um, ALS CEO Jim <laughs> Duchovny said in his news release, uh, the Model A has been in development since 2015 and was inspired by technology from film Back to the Future Part 2, which coincidentally takes really? place in the year 2015. Oh, there you go. The company is accepting pre-orders. So if you want to put your pre-order in, anyone listening, okay. if you want yep. pre-order, uh, companies are checking right. pre-orders for the Model A. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Um, expecting it to hit the market in 2025. Yep, get you, get you, get you so rolling out. Oh, two years away. With a price tag of around about, yep. And what do you reckon the price tag is? So my deposit of one hundred dollars will only need an extra thousand bucks. Yeah, no? you're good. Okay. You're good. Um, you read these situations let... really well. No, you do. You do. Uh, how much do I expect to pay for a flying car? One million dollars. <laughs> Am I close? Very nice. Very nice. Is it? Uh, look, you're not bad. Um, you're not bad. Let's just see if I can. Uh... Now, I, I don't mean close in the imitation. One million dollars. Yes, yeah, can't do that. But yes, no, it's not. It's 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 not quite as much as that, but it is slightly above our budget. Um, okay. A, the price tag of about three hundred k. Oh, that's not too bad. No, not okay. Three hundred k. And <laughs> well, the thing is, though, I think it's three hundred US. Right. Which so I think is four hundred fifty dollars. So. <laughs> New Zealand. Yeah, okay. yeah. The Model A has not yet been certified for public road travel by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. But there you go. So, There's a flying so car in 2025. We won't be able to buy it, but at least it exists. No. So it's got authority to fly, but not to drive. I think. I think you might be right. <laughs> has not been <laughs> certified no for sense. public road. That is true. That's 100 percent true. There you go. <laughs> No. All well, right. it's hovering so it above the road fight. anyway. Why does it give a shit? I mean, seriously. Yeah, true. <laughs> is it autonomous <laughs> as well is my question. Yes. Well, now you're asking hard questions. I don't know. I'm not sure. It doesn't. No, it's definitely not autonomous. No. Because okay. that's gone so well for Tesla so far. Yeah, um, exactly. They've still they've still got the um, the court cases. Um, they haven't got away. Oh, have so. they? Oh, I didn't Actually, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've still got court cases. They definitely haven't gone away um, because uh, I think people that have been killed by their um, driver's cars um, mm. over there. Still in, happening. Uh, and a, a, yeah, apparently the the brakes are uh, not doing what they should be doing, like stopping. Um, mm. And um, a minor floor. You know, just little things. Minor like floor. Yeah, it's just. Well, no, I think it's got quite a large floor. I'm not sure. But. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it's a, it's a big fault. It's a very that big fault. That is a big fault. It's a very big fault. But, um, but yeah, actually, talking about minor flaw, big faults, um, we're going to have Trump watch on back next week. So oh. we'll be having a look at that. We have um, to. That, 
because uh, practice anyway. happening with that dude. Is there? there we go. All right. All right. Let's yes, let's hope it's all no, no, good no. news for yes, us. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, yes. So far, it's good because every time Jack Smith, the prosecutor, talks to someone, they tell him something, and just goes, "Oh, good. I'll put that down." And then he's okay. got um, he's got Trump's uh, Trump's words that he said himself. So he can just use that as well. So you know, it's, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Um. Thank you for joining us, uh, as usual, Vicky. Absolute pleasure. Yes. Brilliant. Really, really enjoyed Always it. Always a pleasure. And what's on the show next week? We're doing French theme, I believe. Oh, yes. It's Bastille week next week. Yes. yes oh, oh, oh. We might have to bit do... controversial next... This, the, the degustation du vin or something. Something like that. Uh, oh, yes, please. Wine tasting. One taste. Yes. So we'll have to. Yes. Yeah, we'll have to get get the wine bottle out. See if you can get a tasting note just for you know just for a wine. <laughs> I'll get my my baguette and some croissants. Yes. Yes. And I'll see if I've got a blue, blue beret somewhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> let's see if I can uh, find one. And oh, I need my surrender flag as well. Um and. <laughs> Um, um, I might just um, have my hand in my in my jacket the whole um, show just to <laughs> follow Napoleon. <laughs> yes, no, I like that. I like that. So, um, yeah. So, anyone uh, listening or uh, listening to the pod uh, when you get this, uh, we are going to have a um, a French theme next week because uh, it is Bastille Week. We'll explain what Bastille Week is all about, what the Bastille was, a bit of French history. It should be a bit of fun. We'll probably talk about some uh, French foods as we talked about, do some wine tasting, etc. So, if you want to join us for that, um, do that. It'll be fun. It'll be very good. And uh, the week after that, we'll have, um, I think it, I think his name's Henry. Please don't hold me to that, but I think it is, from uh, Lifeblood, I guess. Lifeblood. And that would Looking be wonderful as well. Absolutely. So thank you for everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Wimsy, as always. I'll see you very soon. See you later. You. And Listen, next people. week, I'll be coming from Mianjin, Brisbane. Bye, everyone. Happy Native Week. Hello, my name's Dean Park, and I'm from the Kwandamooka peoples of Minjiraba, which is also known as North Stradbroke Island, just off the coast of Brisbane. It's great to be here with you today. I know there's been a lot of interest since uh, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese made a really, to some people, a surprising comment during the election night, saying that the government was committed to a referendum on a voice to parliament. And I know that there are many people sitting out there in their lounge rooms on that night not really sure about what he meant. What we're talking about is very simple. It's just three things. Recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in the constitution, having an Indigenous voice to parliament, and the need for a referendum to make it all happen. And we want to be able to do this because this is a conversation that we have to have across the nation. This is a conversation that every single Australian needs to be part of. And so, we don't want to confuse the issue. We're not going to dive down in deep into details. This is not about the politics. This is not about making a particular point. It's simply about having a conversation with you, sharing a bit of information about Indigenous constitutional recognition, about a voice to parliament and about a referendum. And we're hoping that this is something that triggers a conversation more broadly in your families, in your workplaces, in your communities, and something that we really want the whole nation to get behind. What constitutional recognition means is acknowledging the 65,000 years of continuous connection that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples 
have to this country. It's about Australians embracing First Nations peoples. It's about us being recognised in our constitution, in our rule book. It is a unique status as the First Peoples of the Australian nation. And it's about, I guess, having that, that sense of this is where we started as a people and as a nation. And that's really, really important in terms of the relationship that we have between First Australians and everyone else. Yeah, I can't tell you how much that means, you know, to, to our community, to our nation, to myself, to my family, uh, to not have to uh, argue for that basic recognition to be recognised as First Nations, that we belong here and that we have a right to be heard. It took until 2017, the Uluru Statement from the Heart, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples to very firmly say what meaningful constitutional recognition looked like to us. It's recognising our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in the founding document of our nation. And how do we embrace First Nations peoples as the first peoples of this country, which is unique and different to anywhere else in the whole world? It's unfinished business and it's about time that uh, we recognise that the Aboriginal people were living on this continent, Torres Strait Islanders were inhabiting our homelands and that recognition in the constitution is going to go a long way to uh, healing past injustices in the, in the modern history of Australia. I remember when I was um, one of facilitating a NATO event for school, um, when I've asked like, you know, mob at school if they want to do a dance or if they want to sing or do storytelling or something like that. Um, it, there's that shame factor, like, oh, I'm scared to, to, to voice my culture and to talk about it. And then, but with this, I believe it will make, make them actually feel valued and empower, empowered in their own country as First Nations Australians. Yeah. In 1967, the Australian public voted overwhelmingly to allow the Commonwealth Government to make laws about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people before it hadn't had that power. Meaningful, real constitutional recognition had to come through a voice. It had to be about this voice to Parliament. There are too many issues in our communities which mean that we can't just have symbolic recognition. There needs to be practical change alongside that. Uh, but then also, you know, what a lot of people talk about, the practical kind of things that come along with that and the power of that symbolism too is that, you know, not only are you recognising us finally, but you, you actually have to listen to us and talk to us and we, we have a say, we get to sit at the table where the decisions are made, which for too long have been made without us. And, you know, one of the things in my family that we always talk about uh, is all the uh, kind of things that have happened in the Barma Forest and the Wirai Forest and all the um, environmental degradation, but what happened to our families there and um, actually being able to have a seat at the table with people like, you know, Victoria and New South Wales Parks and Wildlife type people with the government on, you know, when they're making the leasing decisions that are impacting our families uh, when it comes to the history of economic development in those areas. I think the important thing in constitutional recognition is that it puts Indigenous people firmly in the founding document of modern Australia. And it's not putting us in the constitution in a way that someone else's suggested we should be. It's putting us in the constitution in the way Indigenous people have decided they want to be recognised in the constitution. And that's important because it's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people deciding for themselves what they want, asking the Australian people to support them in that, and then that being enshrined in the document that defines the way the nation works. In a way, our most important document in Australia.
the Uluru Statement very clearly said that if we are going to do this, if we are going to formally and finally do constitutional recognition for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples, it's got to be through the voice. And just for having our voice in, you know, enshrined in the constitution, it doesn't only have like an impact now, but has impact on the generations to come. And is an important first step in building a shared future for our country. The new blurb is brought to you by Wensi and Kickstart, usually on a Tuesday evening. You can catch us on all the socials, as they say, the Blurt YouTube channel. We have a Twitter Blurt handle, and there is a Blurt Star Facebook page as well. So, if you're interested in getting getting in touch, blurtstar at gmail.com, and we will get back to you as soon as we can if you've got any questions. Until next week, there'll be another feed coming at you. Has been a Get Off The Grass Productions, brought to you by Wincy and Kickstarter.